at us again. Good morning, church. Everything has been said. The most difficult thing is to think of it again. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning as we turn to your word and we look to the Gospel of Matthew and Lord, we ask that we will see Jesus and that you will guide us by your Holy Spirit and that you will be glorified by your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Now, turn with me to the book of Matthew and stand with me as we read uh, Matthew chapter 16 and I'm going to read uh, verses 13 through 17. Hear the word of God as recorded in Matthew chapter 16 starting with verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples who do people say that the son of man is? And they say that some say John the Baptist Others say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. May God bless the reading of his holy and inerrant word. You may be seated. Now the scene is Jesus has been around for perhaps two plus years and he has been preaching and teaching and healing and doing signs and wonders and mighty deeds. And what is the result of all of this? Who do people say I am? What a crucial question. Jesus came into the world to reveal himself and now it's time to find out what they are reading in terms of that particular revelation. Okay, first in verse 13 we see Jesus and his disciples are making their way to a village in Philippi. He traveled the region around the Sea of Galilee. He's working wonders, he's healing and he is teaching the crowds. He is teaching his disciples. And Jesus takes this opportunity away from the crowd to ask them a couple of questions. And to force them to confront who he really is. This question is repeated in every age over and over again. There is no neutrality with this question. He asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now, Jesus wants his disciples to know two things. He wants them to know who he is, and he wants them to know what it is he going to do. And for us today, those same two questions applies with ex- exception of changing the latter word. We need to know who Jesus is, as well as we need to know what Jesus has done for us. Now, let us look at what Jesus said about himself. Now, Jesus is asking a question. But first and foremost, it's important that we look at what Jesus said about himself. Some of the things that Jesus said about himself, he said, before Abraham was, I am. 
and my Father are one. He that has seen me has seen the Father, making himself equal with God. Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power. These are just a few things that Jesus said about himself. Now, let's look at some of the things that Jesus enemies says about himself. Now, we know that Jesus had many enemies while he lived on earth. And afterwards, here are some of the things his enemy had said about him. Some said that he was insane. Some say he was demon-possessed and a magician. Some say he was a deceiver. Some say he was a blasphemer. Some do not want to bother saying anything about Jesus. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? The question back in verse 13, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Do you see how confused the people are of Jesus' identity? I call that a case of confused identity. The opinion of the crowd, Jesus had become a well-known figure. He could attract very large crowd, but who was Jesus? Was it that the crowd thought they were following, that they were coming to hear? The disciples we see in these verses, they explain that people were undecided and perhaps confused of who Jesus was. Some of them said he was John the Baptist, and others said that he was Elijah. Others said that he was one of the prophets. There was no consensus on who Jesus was. Yet, they honored Jesus as a prophet. They honored Jesus as a religious figure, but they honored him merely as a man. Looking at verse 14, we see they said John the Baptist because John the Baptist came preaching repentance. Also did Jesus come preaching repentance. But Jesus was a far greater preacher than John. And he spoke with much more authority than John. And that was very, very astonishing to the people. He not only spoke the word of God, Jesus Christ was the word of God. Amen. John only pointed to the Lamb of God, but Jesus Christ personified the Lamb of God. Some said that he was Elijah, because we know that Elijah was a man of prayer. And the disciples had come to know that Jesus Christ as well was a man of prayer. Elijah prayed for rain to stop and for fire to come down. And Jesus Christ, as we know, had a very powerful prayer life. The, the disciples never asked Jesus to teach them but one thing, and that was to teach them how to pray. For they noticed a man that had a personal relationship with someone, but it was not a ritualistic type relationship. And that was very, very impressive to the disciples. And so they were blown away by Jesus' ability to communicate with God the Father. And they were very, very happy to learn the same thing from their Lord and their God, which they professed later on. Some said 
Jesus was Jeremiah the prophet. We know that Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. And Jesus Christ was one that weeped over Jerusalem. So he was known as a man of tears. For we know that how much love and compassion that he had when he wept for his beloved Jewish people. And still today, the same thing is going on. So we see, brothers and sisters, this morning, all of these opinions were very, very wrong about Jesus. Because you just can't compare Jesus to another man. Jesus Christ is unique. Jesus Christ name is supreme and above all name. The God-man, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you remember Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration tried to compare Jesus to Moses and Elijah. He can't be compared to just some man. And we notice those people that said what they said, they said only because someone else had said those things about Jesus. And you talk with people today about Jesus and they do the same thing. They have heard it from somebody else. They have never read it for themselves. They are just repeating something we call talking points. The more I deal with people, I am of the basic belief to stop asking people to church, which I have said this many times, and start asking people the most important question they need to answer. Who is Jesus Christ to you? Who is Jesus Christ to you? That question will linger in their minds, but yet they will give you all kind of excuses of why not coming to church. But begin to pose the very question that we are looking at today that Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And I encourage you to do likewise. That question, as you know, perhaps someone even asked you that same question, it would generate conversation. And it would generate conversation based upon the history of people's having a tent church as little people's growing up. They have history of what they was taught in the church. So it would generate some type of conversation. So you see, the interesting thing about Jesus then and now was that Jesus Christ was a mystery. They could not figure out him. They never denied that he did miracles and that he was a great teacher and a prophet. But yet, who is this man becomes a personal question for his disciples. Just as Jesus asked the disciples this morning, that particular day, who say ye that I am? Notice what he say. Who say ye that I am? He also asked us this morning the same question. So look at verse 14. Jesus narrowed the focus, the opinion of the disciples. Now I want to hear from you. Who do you say I am? And here is the question of all questions. It is the disciples' final examination. In the final examination, the Lord gives them only one question. You either 
pass or fail. It's as though you taking your doctoral dissertation. You don't get a 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 90 percent on your doctoral dissertation. You ought to get a pass or fail. So this particular question that's being posed to his disciples. Let's look at it in a little more detail. Now the disciple had believed in him because he had called them as his disciples. And they were followers of him. But it was not enough to believe in him. They must confess him. Both are necessary. Therefore he does not say who believed ye, but whom say ye that I am. Now notice the question. He does not say who believe ye, but who say ye that I am. He was saying, I know what the world thinks, but what do you minister that I have called unto myself? What do you think? Do you really know who I am? The disciples that we know are men that Jesus had chosen. Jesus had trained them. He equipped them. And eventually, it's very important that Jesus know who they think he is because Jesus is about to send them out to minister in order to build his church. And they need to be able to witness who Jesus really is. Now what Jesus said to them in verse, four, in verse 15, he said, Ye that I am. He asked the question that every human being on the face of the earth must face. Who is Jesus Christ? And on the answer to that question hinge eternal life. Amen. On that question hinge one eternal destiny. Answering that question is like entering a turnstile. You enter one at a time. Answering that question is like eating. You eat personally and you eat individually. It is a personal question. There's only a few answers that we can give to that question, but we only know there's only one correct answer. But I want to look at some of the other answers that was given just as we already have looked at some. And you might have heard some of these. Some say that he's a legend. It's all made up. You know, and some say he's a liar. He deceived people into thinking he was some, someone he was not. You know, he was not a good teacher. He was not a good prophet and all these things. And some want to claim that he was a, a lunatic. You know, he was off his mind. Maybe sincere, but crazy. And we know that he cannot be a lunatic because the people mourned at the things that he said. In fact, the people were astonished at some of the things that he said. So we know that that's not the case. But we sit here this morning as people of God and we know without a doubt that Jesus Christ is none other than Lord. And look at verse 14. Peter gets it right. 
this one question under thorough examination, Peter gets it right. And Peter doesn't get it right just for himself. Peter gets it right for all the disciples. He gets it right. And Peter replies, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter saying that you are the Messiah that we have been looking for. That's what it means, Christ, the anointed one. You're the promised Messiah. You're the one we've been looking for. The prophet that should come, the eternal king, the eternal savior, and the eternal high priest. The answer that Peter gave is the proper name of Jesus for his stay here on earth. Peter was saying, you are the anointed one, the only son, the savior of the world, the life everlasting. And Peter not only say, you are the son of God, but Peter wanted to say that of the living God. Because Peter understood back in those days, people worship dead idols. So people, Peter wanted to make it perfectly clear that this God that Jesus Christ is coming of, the son of, he is living. He is living. So it wasn't only enough for Peter to say that he was the Messiah, but he is the living God. Not only the son of man, but he was the son of God. And son, we know, implied the same nature. Peter was implying that as you are the son, you have the same nature as God. When Peter identified Jesus as the son of the living God, it was a result of spiritual insight. And verse 17 gives us that spiritual insight. And this is what happened when you know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 17, here's the result. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What? He said, Blessed are you, son Bar Jonah. Bar means son of. And he said, For the flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father who is in heaven. He says, you didn't get that information about who I am from your humanness, which implies your flesh and blood. It wasn't gotten from your reason. It wasn't gotten from your super intelligence. For we know that no man can call Jesus Lord, said Paul, but by the Spirit of God revealing him, it is God who discloses his Son to the human understanding. For we are just another group of blind people in the Spirit of God does not reveal and open up our eyes to who His Son really is. When we confess Jesus as Savior, the Son of the living God, and we embrace Him as our own, we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That's what it means to be blessed. 
The right answer come by divine revelation, not by human speculation. Only the Father in heaven can make the truth real in our heart. Flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee. God the Father has opened Peter's eyes to the full significance of those claims and revealed to him who Jesus really was. This was a confession of Peter's personal faith made possible by a divine regenerated heart. You see, fleshly man does not have any idea who Jesus is. True believers are the only one who understand who Jesus really is. Unless God revealed to us in our spirit, we will never truly understand who Jesus really is. This is why it is so important today to understand the person of Jesus Christ. There is no more important question than we could ask this morning than this church. Who do you say that Jesus is? It's the question that we ask all the time when somebody comes to join the church. I hope that's the case. And I say I hope that's the case. And we need to begin to ask people that. Not just a transfer of membership, they coming on, but we really need to know what they think of Jesus. Who is Jesus? When we come before the Lord table, and it's so clear when we minister at baptism, I hear that a lot. We are asking that question. And people are responding appropriate. We ask the question, who do you say that Jesus is? This is such an important question. We are asking our children to ask their future mates, who do you say that Jesus is? We are encouraging Yahas and Khalifa to ask their future mates, who do they say Jesus is? And I encourage parents here today to encourage your children to do likewise. Don't take it for granted that they are a Christian. As I look around this morning, I see some young people that I would miss. And parents, as you are raising them, the first thing in your mind is the top priority. And everything that you do is to demonstrate and to teach them who Jesus is. I know downstairs this morning, Sunday school teachers are there pouring into the hearts of those little ones who Jesus is. I thank God for them this morning because that is where it all begins. It begins in Sunday school. So this morning, church, I ask you, who do you say Jesus is? Let us pray. Lord, we come this morning just to say thank you. We come, Lord, to you as your people, confessing you as the Christ. Confessing that this is not from our own thoughts, but as revealed to us by your Spirit. And so, Lord, we ask that your spirit will continue to do that work to show us Christ. Reveal him to us, that we will honor him and glorify him in all that we see and all that we do. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and all God people say, Amen.